Welcome to CFS Podcast by Lublico, a show to discuss and accelerate the transition to a digital circular fashion system. I'm your host, Nick Hollins, Chief Communications Officer at Lublico and CFS. Today, we'll hear from the technology panel at Circular Fashion Summit, recorded live in virtual reality at the Grand Palais on October 4th, 2020 for Paris Fashion Week. Technology has completely disrupted the relationships between products and customers. We are entering the age of connected fashion. And in this bonus session, industry leaders share ideas for innovative product storytelling through IoT, AR, VR, social media, and next generation retail. Speakers on the technology panel include Matthew Drinkwater, head of innovation agency, London College of Fashion, Nicole Kabalansky, user experience research lead at Google X and founder of Story, and Giovanni Nakpil, art director evangelist for Adobe. Thanks to our partners Unity and Unilever for making all of this possible. Check out the description to learn more about their amazing work and how they are reaching the CFS goals, contributing together with CFS Catalyst to achieving the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals 2030. Let's kick it off with Matthew Drinkwater, live in the Grand Palais in virtual reality. I guess we started talking about just purely digital experiences. And I guess it's kind of been fun seeing everyone get in and get comfortable in VR. Um, but what do, what do we think for kind of purely digital experiences? How is that going to impact fashion? You know, no, no, how are we creating product digitally, consuming it? And, you know, what do you guys think? Wow. I mean, there's so many different touch points to this, I think. Um, so my background being in traditional user experience um, and now mm. working more in the um, peer-to-peer kind of e-commerce online marketplace um, sort of uh, business area, I see a lot of amazing potential for more personalization and a lot more um, direct kind of interaction um, with people in VR. Um, I was also really excited to hear yesterday about Agatha's point of view on kind of the gaming industry and what that's done for people in terms of creating a lot more openness and um, experimentation and ability to um, try out different characters and different um, ways of dressing or looking, et cetera. And I think that intersecting with fashion is going to be fascinating. Um, yeah, I was really excited about that kind of um, sphere of things. Gio, what about you? Yeah, um, being a, a, a content creator, I'm, I'm very much excited about how as the technology um, gets a lot better with, with the headsets, you know, um, textures, you know, fidelity of avatars, what uh, the, how we interact in, in virtual reality, just purely on a, you know, either a one-to-one or as a group, um, reading each other's nuances and and um, you know, seeing all your genuine facial expressions as we're talking here, which right now is definitely um, you know cheated a bit. But uh, so in terms of that, I think that'll bring a lot in terms of um, just how creatives interact with each other and how they are able to show off their vision, because they have a lot more dials to uh, to play with in terms of inciting emotion with with the design or even just the environment you know we talked yesterday about um just the the fact that uh artists can now are now not just limited to a linear fashion 
catwalk, uh, but rather, you know, you know, models can possibly be floating in air or or just clothes can, can move like it's underwater. So it's just it's not bound by the the limitations of the physical world anymore. So that that I think is how from, from a visual and artistic standpoint, it'll bring a lot to the table. And and you know, in times of COVID when we're in in our desks and, and, and kind of imprisoned in our houses, you know, that kind of um, experience I think becomes a lot more essential and it'll enrich in our our, our artistic juices and just our soul, I guess. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm uh, I have to mention though that Agatha, I think, is here. She was here earlier. I don't know if, mm -hmm. um, should we yeah, wait we for her? Lost her in, yeah. the, in another world. <laughs> She was yeah, having a few issues, so hopefully she yeah. can jump. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Um, I, I was kind of super interested in that point, Gio, of how people behave within virtual reality in comparison to kind of the physical world as well. Because mm -hmm. I did just anecdotally, when we ran a VR fashion experience uh, a month or so ago, a lot of my team went into that experience and said that they felt very differently. When when they go to fashion week, they find it quite an intimidating experience. And the way people look at you, the, the way they expect you to dress. Like creating mm -hmm. these virtual worlds and virtual environments, how do you think that will kind of impact on our behavior within that space? And there, mm -hmm. there was even one point yesterday when we were having the panel discussion itself. And I think Margaret said, you know, it, it felt even more natural than a Zoom call. Mm. Yeah, what absolutely. Do you, do you think it's going to change our behavior? Oh, for sure. And I think, um, you know, one, one to, uh, I think it's Agatha who brought up the point that, you know, in video games, for example, something like 23% of men play as female characters. And um, I think is a smaller percentage of, of men play as, uh, sorry, as, of women play as male characters and experimenting and trying out different personas and trying out different styles and points of view and um, ways of behaving just offers so much more psychological safety, I think, to try things out and to, to do things differently. But also, like you're saying, there's also um, an added layer of um, personalization and kind of intimacy as well with like facial expressions and hand gestures and um, just seeing more of you in your body I, I guess and self-expressing in a completely new different way that's both more anonymous but also a little bit more um, intimate as well and I think that kind of collision of those two things is going to be really new and creative and interesting for people to, um, to feel safe to try out new um, new ways of acting and being and hopefully like you're saying feel less intimidated about going to certain events and trying things out yeah. um and enabling people to just express themselves in a completely new way so that's super exciting yeah absolutely and and you know for me personally you know this this really is not my scene and if we were here <laughs> physically in paris uh, I would feel underdressed because I don't, <laughs> do not have the, the wardrobe to fit in, let's just say. Um, but being here in virtual reality, you know, I can, I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a sweater. This is me in, in the real world. And, and it's perfectly, it's interesting that it's perfectly comfortable for me to, to, to dress this way. I mean, you're wearing like a, you're a skater boy, man. Um, <laughs> so... So it'll be interesting to kind of see like what the protocols of, of how we dress for an event, how that will evolve and change. Because, I mean, honestly, I'd rather be sort of like a creature or, 
you know, like so, like a floating orb, like something more abstractified, yeah. right? Because um, because yeah. we can do that, um, not necessarily represented by my skin color uh, in this world. You know, I, I, there are times when I just want to pull away from that. So. Uh, yeah, it opens it up in so many different levels, I think, that we're just now seeing. Um, yeah. And I think that point about representation of self is super interesting because kind of that ability to create an avatar need not be that direct representation of yourself. We've, we're just about to finish up a, a project around digital humans and scanning the team and kind of this idea of having a digital assistant that becomes part of your life but for me personally i don't really want to see a photorealistic version of my, myself and i don't think anyone else needs to see that but kind of how how are we going to use our self-expression as we go through these virtual spaces to, um, to navigate because i i kind of agree with you here. i don't I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that you know all of those um protocols that already exist around the fashion industry will stand like we can think of different mm -hmm. ways to, to express yeah and it'll probably be a lot more whimsical you know from you know like say cardi b is here right now what's she gonna wear you know i just my mind just goes to places that i'm like man that's gonna be so cool i do wonder about like certain more formal um industries like uh, business and you know if, if proper representation of how you look still would matter um, where it's more under a corporate structure uh, you know um, but yeah we'll, we'll see and I guess you know a lot of this conference has been about startups and kind of representing them and seeing there's some amazing startups here from you know MXR and the Institute of Digital Fashion who are beginning to build the, the roadblocks towards a new industry. But Nicole, I guess out of this kind of crisis, do you, what kind of startups do you envisage appearing out of this this new world that we're seeing? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. It's going to be so exciting. I think um, as people um, you know, are stuck at home right now and they're trying out, they're experimenting, and they're more open to um, these really novel ways of interacting and trying things out it will definitely stimulate more creativity in the startup ecosystem um super excited about new vr experiences i think obviously like the new headset that's coming out shortly which is going to be i think a lot more accessible and a lot more available to people um mm. that will really democratize kind of access to this type of experience and create a lot more um, attendance, hopefully, at these events and make it normalize it, kind of. And then from there, people will kind of see the possibilities and get really creative with it. Um, and I think it could go into so many ways, so many directions from communicating with teams and interacting with teams in a new way, um, especially with remote teams, you know, I mean, yesterday, Gio and I were both, we, we woke up at 4.30 a.m. to kind of participate, but. <laughs> It was so cool to be in Paris um, without having to travel to Paris, you know, and it was so cool mm. to be there I with um, panelists from, you know, the UK and, and, and France and, and Asia and stuff. And so it's amazing the possibility and communicating and teleporting and stuff. And I think for teams will be uh, a much more um, uh, interesting 
yeah, a space for like communicating, uh, team building, um, co-working obviously is the obvious one, I think, with VR. Um, but yeah. hopefully there will be lots of other super creative ways. Like I think this conference, um, I'd love to go to more conferences like this that are in VR that you don't have to kind of actually physically travel to. Um, so I'm sure there will be tons yeah. of startups kind of addressing those types of issues of um, being remote in in metaphorical sense and a and a physical sense. And what do you think, Gio? Yeah, no. Um, I, I think as as we kind of start defining this, how we all collaborate, um, you know, as startups, as artists from different parts of the world, is going to be really uh, important to to nail down. Um, I mean, that that in itself is 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 a it's a whole big thing to solve, right? Like, how do you collaborate? Is it just a tip? Are we going to go with a typical or classic method of a whiteboard, you know, like, you know, we're both in VR whiteboarding, or are there new UX, you know, you would, you would most likely know more about that than I do, ways of UX to kind of um, make that more streamlined or creative, that that kind of taps mm. into the more creative uh, side of our brain versus like the old ways we've always done it. Um, the I, I, There's this uh, virtual reality sculpting app called Adobe Medium that I usually use, mm -hmm. and they have a, an option there where, where I can go in there with a friend. It, it's only limited to two right now, but um, and just, just within that, like the two of us being in the same space, creating and doing art is, you know, I keep mentioning this, but the brain just forgets that it's... Uh, you're in a virtual reality setting. It just accepts it as being real. After, you know, a while of, of, of you know getting over the awe of, of being there, um, and so I think I think there's just so many cool cool things we can look forward to in the future in terms of that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, collaborative design in VR for the fashion industry is clearly something that has enormous potential. I think. Kind of we need to see more tools coming through i think kind of those early examples of tilt brush have been really interesting but perhaps mm -hmm. don't ha add that level of finesse that you normally see when you're designing in fashion and i think kind of those are very broad brush strokes when actually you're kind of looking to get down to that fine level detail have you, have you seen and um, adobe clearly beginning to look in that area anything else there's a there's actually a a program that uh, us content creators use called Marvelous Designer, which I believe the fashion industry uses. So it's yeah. super accurate down to like, you know, you have to know patterns if you, if you were to use it. I can't just go sculpt what I feel would be the correct look for the clothing. I actually need to know how it's constructed. And um, if, if that is, say, translated into VR, like the amount of accuracy and fidelity that, um, say, a fashion designer can have the the virtual model who who can be based on you know the real person's proportions and they can just kind of hang these these virtual patterns on on them and 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 you know solve it two ways have it be available virtually and then take the exact designs and have it manufactured uh, as a, as a real uh, product or, or clothing um, so there's a lot of uh, programs that are out there already that we content, we the content creators are using that I think would translate so nicely in, 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 in this setting, so. 
and I guess we should probably touch on storytelling a bit as well because I think we I mean we mentioned it briefly earlier but um, I guess the the possibilities for experience are beginning to shift a bit right this is this is a new medium and I, I guess there's so many areas to explore skill sets and what those rules within virtual will be but um, what do you guys think this offers in in terms of storytelling for for brands but also for consumers as well yeah i don't know do you want to start geo i need to collect my thoughts there's so much in that question oh. <laughs> so, it's, it's great i love it when, when you say storytelling is it uh based on the product or sort of a narrative uh for an experience yeah i i'm probably thinking experience space but mm -hmm. you know that that could have cool be products well so. yeah um, I think that, that uh, you know I think yesterday we talked about like um, you know how art galleries for example can change you know just the fact that we're again not limited to one reality the you know the physics of reality limitations and and to the the bounds of the classic 2d monitor that we're mostly consuming media with may it be uh, movies internet uh you know you know iphone um we're now within the space of any uh anything a, a content creator or artist can can imagine you're we're now at the point in history where we can take their our audience and put them in this, I mean, this, this is, this, I mean, I know it's based on a real thing, but this is concocted from scratch, but we're in it. So imagine if, as Salvador Dali, for example, you know, like, give him the tools to create this. We're not just admiring his, his pieces anymore through galleries from a flat painting, but within his, his mind as he saw it, and he wants us to see it in his imagination. I think just with that alone, that just opens it up to, uh, I think, a new era of, of how artists are able to express themselves. If, if, if a lot of the visual artists and, you know, everyone just, not, not even just art, yeah, every, anyone who wants to create embraces this and, and shares their, their um, creations through, through this medium, I think is, is going to be exciting. So. I mean, it's it's kind of like you, you can already see on in terms of product how it's having such a massive impact. Like, 3D product and augmented reality are causing massive uplifts in conversion. And oh, we did some A/B testing back in the college a few years ago on some 3D content, just kind of like for like against a flat pack shot, and saw anywhere between, depending on the product, 20 to 40 percent. Mm -hmm higher click-through rate and then i think shopify and google just released a report 10 days two weeks ago which shows something like a 92 percent increase in conversion rates where wow. you have augmented wow. or 3d and like it's becoming it's not even a discussion anymore brands simply yep. need to be working in 3d mm -hmm. and then i guess it opens the pathway for more experiences like this 
Absolutely. That will be super exciting in terms of retail experiences and kind of the narratives around that and merging. Um, I don't know if it'll be merged or if it will split or kind of enhance each other, how it will coexist. Yeah. But, but yeah, browsing objects and, um, you know, realistic, photorealistic objects in 3D and kind of getting more of like a, a feel for yeah. how it will look on you or how it will look on someone else on a scaled model or in the real world um, versus just purchasing things maybe to be used just for your avatar that you can kind of self-express with, I think super fascinating. And I think we've seen brands doing both um, going down that path um, of just kind of creating things for the um, artificial environment or new worlds or creating things that are just super photorealistic, kind of amazing 3D models that that consumers can look at and um, not touch, but, you know, kind of get a better feel for what they might look like in the real world. So I think those two directions are kind of yeah fascinating in terms of joining both the real and the um, augmented VR world as well and also like yeah augmented AR VR kind of experiences too I think will be super cool in the future um uh, yeah lots of lots of I guess I guess it kind of makes you think about like if if those are the numbers now for 3D content on what is really a flat e-com experience you go to every website and they kind of all look the same incredibly mm -hmm. flat you kind of scroll through what, what about that opportunity just to kind of walk through like we are now mm -hmm. why could this not be uh, an e-comic experience that and what would that look like i mean a lot of those early examples of vr on work when they're trying to replicate what already exists in the physical world but i get yes a sense that maybe we we could be heading towards something a bit more exciting than that yeah yeah absolutely there was that scene in a, an old older movie called disclosure with michael douglas it, it was mm. Oh. It was sort of like a left field. All of a sudden, he's in VR, like uh, traversing through. It was not even a science science fiction movie, but all of a sudden, he's in VR, tra tra uh, traversing through the file system, and this like massive room of like just files upon files. But um, I I've always thought of that every time, you know, like, oh, what would future shopping in VR be? That could be probably tiring, so it's probably going to be like you know um, streamlined. But uh, yeah, like um, just to be able to browse through the items, and you know, is it just going to be like a turntable style where it's there, or are you actually do you have a virtual mall uh, you can you can go into? Like, what, would Gucci have their own virtual environment um, that we can kind of just go into and 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 peruse their items with? You know, it's. Uh, but I'm also I was also thinking that I think as as a lot of like the the A-list celebrities like say Jay Z or or Beyonce or Drake they get into this and 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 have their own avatars I think you know that, that's definitely gonna probably prompt a lot of um, hunger for 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 brands to you know make things strictly for them and 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 you know just what would their avatars look like and where, how do they represent themselves? <laughs> and then I guess we've talked a lot about virtual. What about kind of the idea that virtual spills out into the real world? I mean, I see a lot of money being invested in augmented reality glasses and mixed reality glasses. Um, with Facebook and yeah, maybe Apple pushing in that direction. What, 
what what then what what kind of opportunities does that open up for a world where there's digital content kind of living permanently persistently all around us i guess google as well with glass have done that and there's kind of various <laughs> yeah. iterations of glass that have come yeah absolutely google glass i think um uh, you know, as as many people have probably read about, you know, was a bit too early for its time, and yeah. um, didn't find mass um, adoption very quickly, and ended up being sequestered to this like um, uh, state where it's being used for um, more uh, specific industries like um, mm. aeronautics or um, yeah. factory workers that use AR to kind of enhance their um, uh, production line kind of stuff where they get instructions live fed to them as they're working on something. Um, but you could imagine that, you know, in five, ten years time when, when again, things get democratized and cheaper and more accessible to everyone, um, having a shared experience is what really matters. So yeah. it's not enough that just you have the glasses, but you really want you know your whole um, community to be doing this or your um, workplace to be doing this and so i think like having a shared cultural experience around it is what kind of unlocks more of the possibilities because it's not fun if you're just walking around seeing a bunch of you know things yeah. and you can kind of although that could be fun too if you're traveling and you're getting to kind of see pointers yeah. on the streets of where to turn and um we already see that with phones like google maps actually has already a feature where you can kind of get arrows and um, indicators of where I don't know, well-rated coffee shops are located, um, but you can see that becoming a lot more interlaced with real um, life when you have something like a Google Glass style device that you're able to wear that's not completely obstructive like what we're wearing now, but is able to provide an extra layer of information um, that could be informationally really useful and helpful, but also opens up to creativity and lots of new, um, uh, yeah, new creative ways of uh, yeah, having fun with the real world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I when, when we were talking there, Nicole, I kind of, those memories of seeing people chasing Pokemon, uh, <laughs> yeah. holding their mobile phones up through Central Park, exactly. of people. And you can kind of imagine people doing that to rush towards finding a digital human like if the CPNs is digital version yeah. the hordes of people heading to Starbucks or wherever it is that she's hanging out. It could be a little disruptive to the real world they're like it doesn't crowd <laughs> people so it's that AR game again. <laughs> yeah. It has yeah, to be I well can... managed for safety. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> I could see that being quite um, chaotic if I manage it's like a very popular uh, game suddenly that got everyone got into and there's suddenly a prize an Easter egg but it's like a, you know you get money out of it then yeah <laughs> um, and then uh, I'll just maybe do a couple more because I have to dash off but um, I guess if you were what are you most excited about in the next couple of years or so what what technologies do you look at and think this this is going to be really significant you want to start off, Nicole? Hmm, well, we've just talked so much about VR. I'm definitely even more excited about it now that I've attended this conference. I think it's the first time I've felt the true value of it beyond just playing games or um, just one-to-one -one collaboration. I think this idea of um, being able to encounter strangers and meet new people from all over the world is 
super, super fascinating. And I can't wait to see what, as you were saying, you know, new startups are going to devise with this um, type of experience. So that's super exciting. Um, yeah, and AR too, like I think it will be so interesting. Mm. I think it's, it is about democratizing it and making it accessible because I think there's a danger of people being left behind and this becoming like quite an elitist thing or quite a young person thing to do or quite a um, Western thing to do. And I think mm -hmm. um, watching out for those aspects of it as well um, will be key to kind of make sure it's representative and it's um, inclusive. So I think um, any creative solutions to that will be really cool to see like how people bridge that gap in, in various ways. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've seen yet any ways of making it super accessible or super cheap you know or super mass yeah. produced but i think those types of um uh things that can unlock it for a greater number of people will only make um these advances better and more creative and more exciting yeah yeah, yeah. for me it's i'm more excited about uh, since i'm not really into the game stuff uh i you know, I do a lot of workshops, teach art, um, so the, the education aspect is really what, what excites mm -hmm. me. Um, how, how do we use VR or AR uh, as a way to, to teach kids or, or anyone in, in, a, in a much more... Um, <clears throat> I always go for like creativity and imagination, right? Because I believe that's, that's how yeah. I learn um, and, and, and using yeah. the tools that we have to, to create worlds that kids can can learn art better with or art history or whatever history to to be to have more empathy with with you know their fellow kids or fellow humans and and I think I'll, there's a lot in there that um, that can be kind of bundled upon the education uh, aspect um, and again as we get higher fidelity and better um, technology to represent ourselves as avatars, be able to read cues, social cues. Um, I'm really excited about that because I, I really love um, um, you know, facial science and just what makes our faces tick. So as headsets eventually get into being able to read our faces, you know, uh, not read our faces, but track our faces. And I know there's a whole list of privacy issues that goes along with that, but <laughs> from just a strictly expressive social aspect of, of, of interacting with, with, say, you guys here, <clears throat> it'll bring it into this so, so much more um, uh, sort of naturalistic level. And I think for, for workouts and classes, that's really, uh, you know, a much needed thing is you're reading off of cues from other people, right? Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm really excited about that that part of, of how this thing evolves too. Yeah, for real. I mean, I, I, it's so important. We kind of touched on skill sets yesterday because when I look at the the industry now, kind of the the number of people in position in luxury brands and major high street brands to deliver this kind of experience are, are kind of missing, and we we need another generation who are far more comfortable um, yeah. working in 3D to come through to kind of bring that to life, bring that vision to life. And then, yeah, absolutely what that means for how we teach and the, the tools that we use, I think it, it, it's an enormous shift, right? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I, um, I guess we, we didn't really touch on artificial intelligence, but that 
That's clearly one which I think, to that scale point, Nicole might allow us to, for these experiences to to really meet, uh, reach a, a much larger audience at a more affordable scale. But um, yeah, Laura, I don't know. Did you want to to do questions or anything? But I guess um, a question I would have um, would be in the future if you guys were to like consider using these events. Um, for more fashion-oriented events. I think there's also still a huge need for wanting to be in person. Um, is it something that you guys could see being considered that we would have in the future a live event and then maybe either in the morning before everybody's ready so you know you don't have to worry about messing your makeup up. Maybe there would be a section of the event in VR um, or maybe the next day um, there could be like a morning brunch event in VR. So that way, if people are tired and, you know, they don't want to be maybe social because they were out late the night before, they could be in VR. <laughs> I, it's that. really interesting because I, I think this is kind of where I draw that separation between what you're using VR for. And it's kind of like I want it to be different to a physical event. And where that use cases yeah. are, I think it should be for something aside from that. I, I've seen so many examples where we've been trying to deliver VR experiences and that front row kind of really don't want their hair touched or their makeup or any of that. And it is where there was initial huge resistance to the technology. So in a way, I kind of feel like, and I, I said a little bit yesterday, is that I, I would love for brands and in the industry to start thinking of virtual reality as a separate medium and not to replace the physical show, just to exist by itself. So whatever you're creating for that experience should be entirely different. That's kind of how I feel anyway. Yeah, it feels like there's a bifurcation. Like you could go, you could have something yeah. that is just replicating and creating uh, like a more personalized, more um, immediate feeling VR, um, VR experience of a Zoom call with your friends or whatever, with your colleagues. And that can certainly have a lot of possibilities to allow people internationally to attend these events or people who aren't mm, awake yeah. yet or people who don't want to mess their makeup up or whatever. Um, so that's like one branch of it. And it sounds like the other branch is more about creating completely radically untethered worlds and creative expressions and new cultural paradigms that are totally not part of um, just your standard conference kind of floor as well. So it feels like yeah. there's going to be two options and two directions and two um yeah two ways of going about it yeah yeah i would I would hate to have the physical stuff be obliterated because of this like i i as cool as this is i'd rather still be in paris in thank you so much speakers do we have any other questions we have a question hey collins uh, do you want to speak? Everyone can speak uh, can hear you. Oh, hi, everyone. How's it going? Hello. Hey. Um, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this panel. Oh. Um, just had a thought for um, in virtual spaces like this and, you know, AR and XR worlds into the future. And we're talking about Google Glass and things like this. Uh, do any of you have an opinion about uh, cryptocurrencies and tokenization also coming into this world in interesting ways. So out of my realm right here. I'm going to step that back. <laughs> uh, not my area of expertise. Um, okay. I've, I've not seen 
much around crypto intersecting with VR. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm able to speak to that really. Um, I personally have been cynical about blockchain and how it can integrate with um, stuff like this, but this has been, uh, yeah, it's not my area of expertise. I, I don't want to talk too much about it. Matthew, do you have any thoughts about that? So Nick, Nick, you and I should have a chat about cryptocurrency. I remember spending a good six months in San Francisco with the engineering guys at ILM who were pushing me into buying Litecoin and Ethereum and I got um, real I hope, he didn't, I hope he didn't fall for that. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> it was all during the kind of CryptoKitties thing and I was like sweating oh, yeah. along. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a car crash. But um, I, I think as soon as you start looking at purely digital experiences, I think that's where blockchain becomes relevant. If you're looking at kind of creating purely digital garments or digital products, then I think it, it it does begin to serve a purpose. I think I've been less convinced, like Nicole said, where I've seen it shift into kind of the use of transparency because it requires mm. human intervention in the supply chain. And as soon as you have human intervention, then it kind of undermines everything that blockchain should be. So I think as soon as you're beginning to look at kind of validating products, and yeah, there, there are not enough examples, but I think there, there certainly is a place there. So I think that's going to be it. it. Can, everyone, can everyone hear my screaming daughter? No, no. <laughs> At least I can. Okay, good. Good. So that's going to be it. Uh, thank you so okay, much for this uh, bonus tech panel. It's been phenomenal. I'm really happy that everyone has a chance to hear these great people speak about such interesting things and Thank you everyone for being here. This is officially Thank the you. closing of the first virtual reality summit in fashion. Wow, <laughs> Ooh, wow. wow we closed it, damn. <laughs> and there's a, actually a Mongolian DJ coming now. So uh, show your love. Awesome, And at, uh, at 10 o'clock Paris dance. time, there's gonna be an incredible techno party. Yeah. And it's uh, the youngest female artist under a music label in Mongolia. So give oh, your awesome. support and go and dance the night away. See you soon. Amazing. Guys, I'm gonna run. See you soon. Bye. Thank you, Matthew. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was trippy. That's awesome. So great listening to Matthew, Nicole, and Gio engaging each other in conversation about emerging technologies. These are leaders in their fields actively helping to design the future right now. It's exciting to imagine how virtual reality events and immersive experiences, avatars, and digital fashion will advance in coming years. If these things interest you, you are in the right place. CFS is a community that creates opportunities to join a movement to design the future of fashion. Great thanks to all of the speakers from the CFS technology panel and for all of you tuning into this episode. You can now subscribe to CFS podcast. On this show, we'll be sharing insights and knowledge from global fashion industry leaders in design, technology, sustainability, media, and much more. Further panel talks from CFS 2020 are coming soon, plus monthly CFS seminars and other surprises. Thanks again to our sponsors, Unity and Unilever. You can visit our website at circularfashionsummit.com. I'm Nick Collins. See you again soon for CFS Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>